I want to welcome everybody today to Dairy Science Digest. This is the seventh edition, and today we're meeting with Dr. Chad DeCow, and we're going to learn about the relationship of body weight at first calving and what impact that has on milk yield and overall herd life. And so, Dr. DeCow, how, tell us about yourself. So I'm a faculty member at Penn State University, and dairy cattle genetics is my primary area of expertise and research, but um, that, that requires working with large data sets, and that's where this project originated. And we had a student and a heifer specialist, and we all kind of came together to evaluate some of this data. Neat. And when you say large data set, that is the truth. My goodness. Um, with over 400,000 data points at two different places resulting in a lot of data. So um, you pulled together some Penn State data and then also some from the University of Florida. What, what made you go south to get some Florida data? Their facility has a similar body weight scale to ours that measures cows' body weights daily. A similar milking system. So, and we've worked together on some other small projects and are familiar with each other. So that's why we were just looking to increase our numbers a little bit and have more than one herd represented. And they happen to have a similar data set. Very good. And could you tell us a little bit about uh, the body weight scales and then also the milk yield scales? How, how did you capture this data? So we have in the exit lanes of the parlor, the cows are required to go over across the scale every day. And they've been doing that since uh, 2001 at the Penn State herd. So when they when they leave the milking parlor, they go across the scale and get weighed. So we've got many many years of data for that here. It's been installed a little bit more recently in Florida. I think they put theirs in 2010. So that's where our body weight data came from. In the milking data, it's just a typical parlor weigh milking weighing system that uh, we use. Very good. It's so great to have those scales right there in the in the alleyway so that way you get the average over time and you can get some really nice clean data to analyze and make some data driven decisions uh what what were some of the things that you were monitoring or measuring over that 15-year data set well in terms of this particular project we're really most interested in is how strongly related is body weight at first calving with their milk production potential in first lactation and over a longer period of time as well. And then and how is that related to how long they last in the herd? Because there have been lots of studies that have explored, you know, what is the ideal body weight for heifers? And so we had this data set and we thought, well, let's, let's go see what our data tells us. And so on the body weights, it looked like you uh, divvied them into five different groups one being the smallest and five being the heaviest developed heifer. And, and then you looked at those impacts on what? So could you describe how you compared and contrast that body weight data? Five groups that are basically evenly sized. It was based on the first 20% go to quintile one, the second 20% go to quintile two based on their body weight. So we just stratified them based on how heavy they were. And then we determined how much milk they made during their first lactation over 305 days for their first lactation. We also looked at how much milk they made over their first two years after they first calved. And so that would have been including their dry period, including into their second lactation. But that gives us a good a short-term look at how much milk they're making in first lactation and then kind of a medium term over their the first two years of their life in the producing herd, how much milk did they produce. 
So you were also looking at maturity rate. Can you describe how you measured maturity rate in these heifers on test? Yes. So for maturity rate, we, we just took their body weight at first calving and divided that by their body weight as a third lactation count. And that the average of that was 77%. So basically they had reached 77% of their mature weight when they first calved. That was how we defined it. And we wanted to look at how closely is maturity rate related to milk yield as well. Basically, we found that if they're in that 75% range, they performed really well. They, they made a lot of milk and they also uh, were not at elevated risk for culling at that particular point. Very good. And you also measured body weight change. And I found it noteworthy that looking at how much body weight change occurs in that first month of lactation, some of the heavier heifers, they lost upwards of 3.65% of their body weight in 30 days. Is that, am I reading that correctly? Are they, are they slimming down that quickly? Yes, the heaviest heifers, they do lose it pretty quickly. And that has some health consequences. That's due to negative energy balance. And too much of that can lead to infertility, for instance. So that's one of the challenges with heifers that uh, get overconditioned. And we wanted to see uh, animals that continue to grow as cows. How did they produce relative to cows that had kind of maybe reached maturity a little bit in terms, at least maturity in terms of their body weight a little bit earlier on. These are some very practical pieces of information. I, I love that you captured data that every dairyman's capable of capturing. We can run, run cows across the scale. We can monitor heifer body weight as they develop. And these are all very real points that can directly impact profitability in the herd. And so I applaud you for having a very applied project here that you've captured in the data. And so you were saying uh, those that matured maybe a, a little bit larger. So focusing in on that fifth quintile. So those heavier heifers, they perform surprisingly uh, or maybe not surprisingly. Tell us about how your big heifers in the data set, how did they perform over time? So if we looked at in terms of their body weight when they first calved, the, the heavier heifers produce more milk than the lightest heifers. But there's kind of a break between, you know, the lightest 20% and maybe the lightest 40% were a little lower. Then once you got to heifers in the top half, there really wasn't much difference in terms of their milk yield, even in the, in the short term or over the 24-month period. So the really small heifers did not keep pace in terms of milk yield. But there really wasn't a big advantage to having a really big heifer either. Mm -hmm. Basically, average weight, they produced as much milk as the heaviest heifer. Oh, wow. So let's say that again. Your heifers that are average weight perform as well or even better than your heavier heifers. I see opportunity for cost savings. Okay, so let's shift gears a little bit more and focus in on body weight change in early lactation. 
It was interesting to see that the body weight change, as, as we probably see going through the barn, the, the smallest heifers, they continue to grow. And so they, they actually, instead of losing weight, they were gaining weight, but their milk yield reflected that. And, and as you were saying, those bigger heifers milked harder. But tell us about the longevity in the herd for those larger larger animals. And that, that calling number really blew my socks off. Yes. So they were much more likely to be culled. Well, first off, they lost more body weight after they calved. So probably had a little bit more negative energy balance. And in some cases, maybe they're a little too fat, for instance. Uh, but they were basically 50% more likely to be culled than heifers that were in the lightest quartile. So when you put that together with the fact that the heavier heifers maybe made a little bit more milk, but they're more likely to be culled, in terms of milk yield and over a 24-month period, there really wasn't any difference. So getting them heavier just to get them heavier doesn't make sense. And so I guess from my perspective, I've always not been a fan of body weight. So one of the reasons we did this study is because I'm not a fan of body weight. From the perspective that you can have a really tall, thin heifer that weighs mm -hmm. the same as a short, fat heifer. Mm -hmm. And on a body weight perspective, they're the same, but they're really not. And so I think some of what we see here was we were trying to get to a certain body weight. We probably got our heifers over-conditioned a little bit because they weren't just genetically inclined to be that large. So they just gained weight, gained fat rather than growing taller. And in the end, that cost them in terms of negative energy balance and some health problems. I was going to ask you what your perception as a geneticist. Is this going to be a function of maybe even feed efficiency and whether or not they are more efficient at, at, at what they put in front of them? Or if, it, if you believe that it's maybe just a, a management function and that we can, we can directly impact those numbers through our feed wagon, the TMR that we deliver to those developing heifers. Yeah, so feed efficiency, it's tough to get a handle on um, without actually measuring feed intake, and, and we didn't have that data on me. So I'm a little bit hesitant to speculate as to that particular component. But we do know to grow larger requires more nutrients. So I would guess those larger heifers probably had a little bit less feed efficiency, if you will. Mm -hmm. So in... After this is all said and done, not being a fan of body weight, are you are you now more of a fan of body weight uh, when you have such large, uh, such a large data set that still that might be leaning that direction, or it still fundamentally is different than the physiology that you think could be happening? I think that we should measure the height of our heifers, and and that is our measure of heifer growth and development, height and body condition, to try to better manage our heifers to reach not just the right weight, but be, make sure that they are growing skeletally as large as we want and that their body weight is because of proper growth and not just accumulation of body fat. You bet. Absolutely. So one question that I ask every single researcher before we wrap up, if you were standing in front of a room of dairy producers, you know, what piece of part of your research would you want them to, to know so that you're directly impacting those guys with boots on the ground within the dairy industry? 
So I think the big thing is to not obsess about reaching a certain body weight target. Perhaps the biggest finding of our study wasn't that the bigger heifers made more milk or less milk and lived longer or, or not. It was how much of the variation in milk yield did body weight really explain? And so we found a relationship and other studies have found a relationship that bigger heifers make a little bit more milk. But the key question was how much of the variation did it explain? And it was less than 5%. So the bottom line is that the body weight is not the primary determinant of whether your two-year-olds are going to give more milk or less milk. You want to grow them well. Um, and if you have, to, if you're calving them in early, that means that you have to grow them a little bit more aggressively, of course. So, uh, you know, I don't dispute that at all, but don't think every heifer has to reach some magic body weight target. It's not, if your heifer gets to 1400 pounds, she'll be a good heifer. And she, if she only gets to 1399, she's going to be a lousy heifer. No, that's, that's just not the way it is. Just feed your heifers well, grow them well, and don't worry about the body weight. Very good, and I love that summary. And then at the very conclusion of your paper, if I could read it verbatim, it says, heifers that reach between 73 to 77% of that your mature herd with first calving can produce more milk in their first lactation without sacrificing the long-term milk yield and herd longevity um, or herd life. I think a problem that plagues Missouri dairymen particularly is we often choose not to calve through the summer. And so perhaps those, those fall heifers tend to be aged and uh, outside of that ideal 22 to 24 months of age. And one line in your introduction, referencing back to that uh, research project that you guys worked on way back in 01, that 100 cow dairy farm, if you subtract one month from raising that group of heifers at a 25% coal rate, you could save $1,400. That's, that's real money. And I think that's very noteworthy. I grew up on a farm where we had lots of acreage that wasn't good for much. <laughs> and so, you know, if our heifers calved a month later, you go back to that $1,400 figure. Yeah. If you can grow them a month slower, but spend... Yeah, nothing, nothing on the forage, on forage yeah. for the summer. Uh -huh. Actually, for some herds, it pencils. it pencils, right? So you just have to be careful. No, I hear you though, and and there has to be a, a right sized approach for each individual right. herd. And yep. uh, of course, with extension, our favorite word is it depends, right? I I really do I do appreciate your data set, and I appreciate the time that it took to pool all this data and and model it out and and study it. I really enjoyed your, your project. Thank you for getting it into the journal. And I always love cracking it open each month with the articles in press and, and finding true science that can help support managing our dairies. Well, thank you for reaching out to us. Certainly glad to be here to answer some questions and provide my perspective. And uh, hopefully it helps people to make better management decisions. I really appreciate your time. And then I also, listeners, I applaud you for taking time out of your day today to learn about ways to reduce your heifer development costs while still improving your overall profitability and your replacement enterprise. And this has been the seventh edition of Dairy Science Digest, a monthly podcast project designed to bring the Journal of Dairy Science straight to your ears. 
We highlight peer-reviewed research articles that are actively impressed due to be released. And this is sound science to base your management decisions around and provided to you by your University of Missouri Dairy Team. Please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to get future editions straight to your cell phone. This is Reagan Blue with Dairy Science Digest. And have a